Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent. I stands for using your intuition. N stands for networking. And K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, everyone. I'm so glad that you could join us today, which is March 18th, 2020. I know everybody out there is challenged right now with being at home, having their kids at home, but that's really great family time. And so just hang in there, and we are going to talk today with Dr. Megan Markham, and she is a specialist in addiction and mental health. She also serves as the chief clinical officer of A Better Life Recovery, which is located in San Juan Capistrano, California. She earned her bachelor's degree in psychology from Arizona State University. She also has a doctorate in clinical psychology from the American School of Professional Psychology. I think she's just going to be a wonderful guest to have, very timely, and we're going to have a great conversation. Welcome, Dr. Markham. Thank you. Happy to be here. How did you get on the road that you're on today? Where did it all start? Well, I always knew I was interested in helping others. My mom was a nurse. Uh, She's retired now. And I thought about uh, doing nursing. However, that is a niche not well suited for me. (laughs) So I um, decided that I prefer helping um, through non-physical interventions and non-medical interventions through therapeutic interventions. I kind of found that throughout just trying different classes um, along the way. And then I uh, decided to work with children and adolescents uh, for the first half of my career so far. And uh, when I did a rotation in detention hall, I realized that many of the children or families or both were struggling with substance abuse, chemical dependency, and that was an area that I didn't have a whole lot of specific training in. So I followed that rotation with a a specialized internship in chemical dependency and then a postdoc fellowship in chemical dependency, and that's what led me to be where I am today. Um, Although within chemical dependency treatment, we also focus on all the other co-occurring disorders that are very common, depression, um, anxiety, all kinds of things. That's a really interesting progression in your career. Yeah, I didn't expect to find myself here, but, you know, I think um, many people who are listening can uh, relate to having a loved one or a friend or knowing someone who has struggled with 
substance use, with alcoholism. Um, and so I think it touches every family uh, in a certain way. So I'm, I'm really feel privileged to have the opportunity to have specialized in this field. What do you find is the, your, um, your biggest challenge in, in what it is that you do today? Challenge still probably has a lot to do with the stigma uh, associated in, in the, just in the general world with depression, with substance use, with mental health in general. Um, mm-hmm. And I always find it really essential to educate family members, to educate loved ones, to educate the community so that people don't um, have misconceptions of what substance use is or what schizophrenia is or, or you know, any sort of mental health disorder. That's, that's probably the biggest challenge is the misconceptions and the stigma that still persist. What do you tell people? A lot of education, so explaining to people they have misconceptions. For example, commonly I hear that there's a anxiety about dealing with people who might have schizophrenia and even sometimes in the healthcare settings, um, I don't want to work with those types of patients because they might be dangerous, you know, they might be um, too risky. And the truth is that people with schizophrenia are far more likely to be afflicted by physical assaults rather than cause them. So Mm -hmm. I just try to give a lot of education and and try to kind of break some of the misnomers that are out there. And that seems to be um, pretty effective because once people have information, they feel a lot better most of the time and and they're, they're kind of disarmed by what they assume to be true. You must deal with a wide range of of clients in in their age categories. Yes, I don't spend much time with children or adolescents anymore, but from about 18 to 65, yeah, I see all all of those kinds of ages. Mm. Is there any particular age group that's more prevalent? You know, yes, uh, in their yes, in their active definitely. recovery. Um, so for uh, clients who are coming in for chemical dependency treatment, uh, we generally see them in their early 20s. Um, it tends to be a problem that develops in either childhood or adolescence, and most people don't realize that either. Like, there's no no way um, mm-hmm. that you know adolescents have problems with with serious problems requiring you know detox and and long term treatment. Um, but oftentimes it does really start that young. Most times I hear uh, clients tell me they the first drink they had or the first time they used marijuana was between 8 and 11 years old. Um, and then it just gets, you know, inc- incrementally more frequent and more severe. Um, and so by the early, mid-20s, there's a lot of destruction already that's happened within the family, um, within you know, where they were going academically, uh, their work hasn't been able to progress. And so usually around that age, uh, the early 20s, we'll start to see a lot of people coming in for treatment saying, I would like to make things different at this point. And so that would probably be the main population that we have, although we do have, you know, people in their 30s, 40s, mm-hmm. 50s, um, just a lot of the younger, the younger people. I'm really glad to hear that, that you know, the 20-year-olds are seeking help. Yeah, as I said, I think that's the kind of a time where you're trying to individuate from your parents. You're trying to understand who you are. 
um, and get your life started in a lot of ways. And I think there's a reckoning that comes with, you know, the last 10 years of that not being so successful, or sometimes it doesn't take that long, five, six, seven years. But uh, we generally see people wanting to to turn their life around after um, several years of pretty consistent substance use. And so um, thankfully, if you do that in your early mid twenties, there's a, a wonderful opportunity for you to create a new pathway in the years ahead. Mm. Well, I'm glad there's people out there like you helping them. Thank you. We have a great team. Mm-hmm. Well, with the current spread of the virus, et cetera, my heart goes out to those that are in need of counseling, but now they're mandated to be in their homes instead. That is true. I agree with you. It's very important for us to work on our mental health, um, to use all the coping skills that we have developed and to try to remain calm and not escalate ourselves into a panic. Mm -hmm. Uh, My work is continuing to see all of our patients Um, no matter where they're at in treatment, if it's their first day or if they've already been with us three months, um, we're continuing to to do that using um, media as a platform, using um, either phone for sessions or um, like telehealth, telepsychiatry. We're we're, we're able to do that. And I believe I saw on the news yesterday that the federal government is going to restrict some of the usual guidelines around using FaceTime and Skype and things like that for mental health professionals and for other healthcare industries so that um, people can get the help that they need right now. And I think that's really important. How, how would that work? Do you know? So I, uh, I'm not positive. I tried to look this up for this conversation today, and I couldn't find the details. But I heard yesterday, I believe, on the news uh, that uh, practitioners were going to be able to use FaceTime and Skype. Where normally we're not able to use those platforms because oh, they I didn't aren't know encrypted. That. They're not okay. HIPAA compliant and encrypted. So just kind of loosening oh. some of those regulations so that we can. Oh, okay. Well, that's I learned something new today. Absolutely. And so that was really good to hear because, uh, of course, we don't want people who already have issues with anxiety or who already have issues with depression to be at home, isolated, seeing all this news and, you know, escalating their, their, their symptoms without being able to access treatment. That's obviously not at all what we want. So I was really happy to hear that there's still a way for us to connect to our clients. Oh, my gosh, that's terrific. Overall, I'm pretty impressed with everything that, that they're trying to put in place for, for Americans, you know, as a whole. Uh, there's 350 I, million of us, and the, the very thought of them starting a new program and getting it up as quickly as possible to me is just, if it happens, it's amazing. I agree. I completely agree. Yeah, there's a lot of people right now that are um, feeling a little bit more anxiety, a little bit more uh, concern about where the future is headed. And so uh, the more the government can do to help us with all of these things, the better off we're all going to be as a community and as a nation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get back to um, active recovery. 
what what are you seeing are the biggest risks for people? Well, some of the biggest risks right now for folks in active recovery are the well is the potential for relapse, right? Right. So there's two oh. main risk factors for for relapse in general circumstances, and those are lack of social support and stress. And here we are mm-hmm. in the midst of both of those. And so mm-hmm. um, we really have to encourage people in active recovery to continue their recovery efforts. Um, although they may not be able to do the usual routines of meeting uh, mm-hmm. or going, you know, going to their sponsor's house or having a small group get together uh, there are lots of opportunities to meet online or to meet by FaceTime or to call your sponsor. I was on um, the website 12step.org earlier this week just looking at how many online meetings were available, and there's a ton. And it doesn't matter oh, if you prefer AA or NA or Smart Recovery, which is not associated with 12 Steps. Uh, they were all there, and they were all uh, all had different links, and so that that made me feel pretty happy to see that there was lots of options for people to connect online. And I think again, it's just really important that you continue to participate in your recovery if you are in recovery. So if you're used to going to a meeting every Wednesday evening, I think it's important to do that consistently. Except for now, we need to do that online, and if you need more meetings than usual because you have more stress, more anxiety, um, then by all means, uh, reach out and use that that website that I mentioned or call your sponsor more frequently. Um, For those of us who are supporting people in recovery, it's also important for us to be that they don't have in the traditional sense right now. So calling them a little bit more frequently, checking on them, asking them how they're doing, um, and just spending time listening to them just to, again, be that social connection that they really need for for early recovery in terms of support. When you mentioned earlier 12step.org, is it the number 12step.org or is it spelled out? Yes, that's correct. It's the number 12. Okay, good. So for for those of you that wanted that information, again, it's the number 12step.org. A lot of great resources there. Do you know of any other digital resources besides that particular one? I know most of the larger counties have their own website. So um, there's regional offices for AA and NA, and you can go to those by just Googling and putting in your own zip code, and they have regional information for you. Oh, that's great. That's really great. So your practice, a better called a better life. What do you do for patient safety? In other words, how do the how do you maintain that for your for your patients? Right, um, that's a good question. So, for new clients who are coming in, uh, we are still accepting new clients. There are additional measures, um, health screening measures. They meet with our, our nursing team. Um, and have some additional questions, get their temperature taken, things like that before they come in. For the clients that are already with us, we are practicing social distancing. We are not going into the community. Normally we go 
to the gym or we go to AA meetings, uh, we're not doing that. We're doing those in-house right now. And okay. we're having as, as many sessions as we can by um, telehealth. So all of our groups are now done remotely through uh, media, and so are all of our doctor's visits. So that's kind of what we're doing right now. The office is pretty pretty dark. All of the clients are in their residences and we're, we're doing, we're keeping them in their residences. We're doing all of our treatments virtually at this time. That's great. A lot of, a lot of companies are doing this. There's even uh, um, physical exercise classes that are virtual now, you know, normally where you were part of a community college or a college. Now you can actually do it virtually. It's just great. I think that is, that's definitely important. You know, keeping our routines um, is important for all of us, whether we're in recovery or, or whether we're just generally stressed out a little bit by what's going on. So keeping you know, healthy, balanced meals, good sleep cycles, um, and exercise, as you mentioned, are all really important things that we can all do to help us, you know, kind of mm-hmm. work, out, work out our feelings and stay as healthy as we can. Yes. You know, you have a lot of... Uh older adults by themselves. I, I worry about them in terms of, of their mental health, uh, their anxiety levels, etc. It's a very difficult time right now. Yes, I agree with you. I worry about them too. Um, I saw in my own community an effort for kids who are not in school right now to send letters um, cards, postcards to all of the assisted living facilities and skilled nursing homes in the area. And I thought that was really a great idea because they're not having the, the visitors that they're accustomed to. They just can't right now. So um, as you said, you know, we're worried about them being in isolation, not being able to visit with anybody. So mm-hmm. that was one idea that I, I saw in my community that I thought was really nice. That is very, very nice. Yeah. I've, I've noticed in, in my community Neighbors are reaching out to neighbors and asking them, is there anything you need? You know, we can go do a grocery run for you, et cetera. Yes, I have seen that as well. And I think that's wonderful, especially for the people who are older, who shouldn't be going outside really at all, or those who have underlying health conditions who it's just more dangerous for them to do regular errands. So I think it's mm-hmm. wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I really wanted today's program to be very upbeat about everything, you know, I'm trying to get everybody to try to stay positive, you know, have good thoughts, read, you know, read books that, that bring you joy, you know, (laughs) watch funny movies. Yes. Yes, it's a it's a wonderful time to focus on what we have. I mean, every day is a good day to, to focus on what is going positive. And we tend to pay more attention to things in our life that are um, difficult or challenging or painful because we're attracted to them um, because, uh-huh. you know, they hurt. And the, the positive experiences, uh, we tend not to linger on them. And that's just an environmental trait to moving forward and to pay attention to things where we need to pay attention. But um, it's equally important that in the population and the day that we live in today that we make time to focus on our small accomplishments on, on, you know, the fact that we have all this time with our family and count that as a, a blessing or as a, you know, an opportunity to connect more with our own family members. So there are some positives to this. Uh, and I'm trying 
hard to get my family to see them um, and trying hard to remember them myself. So I, I think it's really great that you, you brought that up, that it's important for us to, to try to find the happiness in life and try to focus on the positive. It's really critical. Yeah, every, every day is a new day. So is there anything else that you'd like to add to your interview today? Um, perhaps you could tell our listeners where your practice is located, how they can reach you, if you have a website, that sort of thing. Yes, uh, absolutely. So we have two programs. One is for uh, substance abuse, and that's for males 18 and older. We have another program that is for uh, both males and females 18 and older and focuses on uh, mental health. So any, anything that you need a little bit more assistance or more support than an outpatient therapist can handle, um, you know, emerging bipolar disorder or schizophrenia or um, complex trauma, PTSD, in addition to, to depression, very severe depression. Um, a lot of times people get hospitalized for suicidal thoughts or um, having a suicide attempt, and then they just get discharged right from the hospital back home or back to an outpatient therapist. So my office can be a really good step down in between the hospital um, and an outpatient, or if you don't need the hospital yet, but you require a little bit more support than a uh, once-a-week uh, type of therapist can provide to you. Uh, we are in San Juan Capistrano, which is in Orange County, Southern California, half an hour away from Disneyland. Uh, we have a website. <laughs> Everyone knows where that is. Um, yeah, we have a website, recovery.com and uh, missionformichael.com. Would you repeat those again? Because you kind of came in and out. Yes. Uh, betterliferecovery.com is our chemical dependency program website. A mission for Michael is our mental health platform. Where'd that name come from? Oh, that's a great question. So Michael was, uh, I guess, the, the catalyst for starting a mission for Michael. He had a substance use problem in addition to a bipolar disorder, and everywhere he went, he was turned away because they said his mental health was too severe for the traditional uh, chemical dependency treatments, and they didn't, didn't really know how to help him. So his father and Dr. Granice, our medical director, um, joined forces together to start the program so that there would be a place for people who had um, addiction or not addiction, but severe mental illness. There's just not enough resources for that group. Um, and mm-hmm. so that's, that's why they started it. Oh my gosh. That's a great story. <laughs> well, thank you story. so much. Thank you so much for coming on our show and letting us know about all the resources available. It's and, my pleasure. Thank um, you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So again, uh, listeners, we've been talking with Dr. Megan Markham and she is basically located in San Juan Capistrano. You can reach them through their website, betterliferecovery.com. Do you have a phone number there? I do. Um, I apologize. I don't know it by heart. So just a moment. Oh, okay. That's all right. Uh, okay. I got it. Everybody Our... can. Oh, okay. Found it? Oh, no, I don't. No, 
sorry, that's the facts. You guys don't want that. That's all right. I'm sure everybody can look it up. Um, yes, and I apologize for not having that ready. No problem. Listen, we're all hanging in there right now. <laughs> we're all doing the best yeah. we can. We're at home. We've got our kids at home. <laughs> you know, it's like trying to juggle work and children and yeah. It's a lot. Yes, we are. <laughs> but you gave me enough time to look it up, so I'm going to give it to you just just for um, everybody who okay. might want it. It's 949-541-9383. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Megan Markham. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, that wraps up our program for today. Please join us again next Wednesday. I'm sure you'll all be home, so you definitely can can hang out and listen to one of our programs. So until then, please be safe and be well. Bye-bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? 